0: But salespeople, they don't practice uncomfortable situations. So when they get into the uncomfortable situation, they prepare for it. Even when people role play, they always say yes. Oh yeah, get up on my roof. I'm like, bro, I don't know what doors you, neighborhoods you have been in where everybody just say yes. So I teach them like, you gotta look at this like an athlete. You're not just a salesperson, you're a sales athlete. So you gotta prepare like an athlete. I say all the tangibles and intangible qualities of the ultimate hustle. So it's like the mindset, the skill set and then also having like the maturity that goes along with being the ultimate hustler. So it's bigger than just numbers because you can have numbers and be immature.
1: What's up, advocates? Welcome back to another episode of the Claims Game Podcast. As you can see, I'm in a different place, different location. Usually I'm in the home office, but today we are outside and we are in person with one of my favorite people. Uh, we're interviewing today Deshaun Bryant. He is the roof hustler. And frankly, uh, we're going to talk about everything all kinds of stuff from hustling, hustler mentality, making sure you're getting out there, you're getting after. Let's talk a little bit about the roof game. We're going to talk about just what you need to do to basically get out there and be successful in life. This is stuff that I like to talk about. I know we're gonna talk about some business stuff as well and I think we're gonna get right into it. So don't forget though to make sure that you subscribe to this channel. Don't forget to go on the commercialclaimsadvocate.com where you can see all of our stuff that we've got. We've got great meetups and great events that we're doing. We've got an online book. We've got a course uh, that you can go there and take a look at just everything. And uh, go to eliteresolutions.com as well where you, if you're interested in coming to work for us, you know, feel free and you can go ahead and do that. All right, enjoy the show. All right, guys, here we are. Deshaun. What's up, baby? What's
0: up, man? How you doing, man? How you doing?
1: I'm so happy to have you. Likewise, man. It's been been
0: long overdue. We've been trying to
1: set this up for how long?
0: Like months. (laughs) Since like the beginning of the year.
1: Listen up, advocates. Whether you're a public adjuster, contractor, or an attorney, if you have a client that has suffered any kind of catastrophic loss, whether that be by fire or storm or just any catastrophic loss that requires your client to have to move out and incur ALE and loss of use coverage, you need to think about looking at Black Diamond Services. This is an incredible idea for a service that I think is extremely valuable and I've actually personally used uh, for my clients myself. Basically, what they do is they provide all of the necessary money that needed as needed needed to be done for the homeowner uh, to go and move to another place, whether that be a hotel or another home or whatever it is, they basically bill through their insurance policies, loss of use coverage. And basically they provide financial assistance so that the insured never has to incur any out of pocket expenses. It's an amazing service. I love the people at Black Diamond Services, especially Millie Varela. If you just contact her and contact Black Diamond Services, I'm telling you, they're going to take care of your climate clients like you wouldn't believe. I personally have a client who's suffered a fire damage and had to use their ALE coverage and all we did was refer them to Black Diamond, our clients did not have to come out of pocket a single penny. Black Diamond provided all of the financial um, uh, money and they provided the actual location for the homeowner to stay. Amazing service. Contact Black Diamond Services today so you could find out more information for yourself.
0: You wanted it in person. Yeah, man. I feel like um, the in-person energy is just like it's unmatched, right? Because we could have did the virtual, but you live right in the same city as me, so I thought it just made sense to do it in person. No,
1: yeah. you're right, because I'm always doing a virtual, always doing a screen to screen. It's a lot more convenient, but uh, it is nice. I just did one uh, with Chip Merlin not too long ago, and it's definitely a different vibe that you get when you're in person.
0: Yeah, definitely, because the, the, the synergy and mm-hmm. um, the way things just you bounce off each other is way better. You I'm know? still getting used to it, though. In, in person? Yeah, it's different. Yeah, I love in person, man. Because we have conversations all the time. Yeah. Like having conversations
1: while cameras are looking at us sometimes is a little bit different.
0: Yeah, I'm so used to the cameras, I don't pay me no mind, man. I actually got a guy, Um, he wanted me to come do a podcast and I'm flying to Vegas because he wanted to do a virtual and I'm like... Nah, bro. I want to come really? to the studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow. I want to build that relationship. You know what I mean? I hear so you. I'm gonna to fly to Vegas.
1: Maybe I should start doing that more often. I always like how Dimitri always goes all over the country. Mm-hmm. He'll shoot the podcast in person. He did the same thing with me. He came all the way down to here. I said I want to do a podcast, and he flew down over here. Exactly. I podcast. flew to him too. Yeah. I
0: did the same thing with Dimitri. I flew to Minnesota for a day and just did the podcast. Cool. Yeah. So what's up with you, man? Man, um, it's been a <laughs> what great. What do you year. not
1: have going on? Actually, the question should be, what do you not have going on? Man. what you got
0: going on for real? Oh man, it's just been a really great year. We on, um company I think about 25 26 right now for the year last year I did 30 okay so right now in, in August I'm already at like 24 25 what is 24 20 what are you talking about companies that I don't win in person and train okay gotcha, yeah, gotcha. trained okay. 25 companies this year in person so far um, I've done two GAF expos so GAF put on these big expos I'm one of the EVS speakers so I did two of those I'm going to a third one in Cali in Sacramento in September um, I just came back from training two companies in Arizona so the GAF relationship is like growing tremendously which um what is that I'm one of the EVS speakers so they put on events around the country and then their contractors can choose the topics that they want to be trained on and if they choose one of my topics they pay for me to come out in person so I got that relationship with GAF I got the pitch pro movement going on with Adam Bismuth shout out to Adam John Cenac all of those great guys so we do that in-person training what you know about that so man we just got a lot of stuff going on and I'm grateful a lot of people like man slow down or you know take a break and all this stuff and i say um when you pray for a big plate don't be don't be upset when god put a lot on it you know what i mean so like I, i'm enjoying it all i don't look at it as like i'm being overworked or i'm, I'm stretching myself out it's like that's what i ask for you yeah know? and this you. is my season of focus and, I, and i'm locked in right now i'm with you i'm with you do me a favor before we get into even more
1: mm-hmm. why don't you explain to the audience because the audience is mostly public adjusters yep. we've got contractors that listen to it as well and we've got a lot of. Um, insurance attorneys that listen to the show explain to the audience
0: who you are what you do yeah so um, my name is Deshaun I've been in the door to Do roofing industry for the last seven years seven and a half years and um I got into the industry by mistake somebody just hey man I got a job I think you'd be great at I said I'm down turns out it's door to do sales um, they gave me a script told me to memorize it. it took me out for two days and after that they told me I got it right kind of like how a lot of us get trained in the roofing industry so um about Two years into the game, and the guy that brought me in, he told me, like, you're going to be my trainer. And I was like, nah, not me, man. Like, I ain't going to do that. So um, about two years into the game, I meet a homeowner, and I sell him. And he like, damn, man, you good. So he's like, who are your coaches, who are your mentors, like who you look up to, and I'm like, nobody. So he tell me, go look up this guy named Grant Cardone, which a lot of people know Uncle G, right? So I go look up Grant Cardone, and it go from thirty minutes to three hours, and he just, I've never heard nobody talk like that. You know what I mean? Nobody's said things like that to me, and he said one thing. He's like, every industry got a gap in it. If you fill the gap, you can make a lot of money, and it just clicked in my head. I'm like, I can't be the only guy that got took out two days, and then they told me to go figure it out. So I was like, man. If I could be the guy to give out free information to make sure people are equipped to be successful in the industry, we could take it over. Like we could take over the industry. And the guy that brought me into the industry, I went to him, and I, he's the first guy I told the idea to. I'm like, "Hey, man, I got an idea. We can create this thing called Roof Hustlers." Da 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 da. da. And he kind of just like shrugged it off a little bit. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, I get to work myself. So that next week, already had wrote out the script, called a video guy, and we started putting our content on YouTube and started slowly gaining momentum. Talked to my first roofing company in 2018, 2019 kept gaining momentum. 2020 trained 10 companies. 2021 trained 30, and right now, like I said, we're already on company 25. So I go out in person. I do three days, four, three and a half days with a company where we teach mindset, skill set, and principles.
1: How is it that you and I have almost an identical story?
0: Oh, it's, crazy it's crazy. Yeah, because cause...
1: the same thing happened with me where. I felt I waited longer though. I wanted to wait because public adjusting—it's—it's it's really really complex. There's a lot that goes into it. It's sales, it's negotiation, relationship building, it's construction, it's estimating. Yeah. Like it's so many different things. And I wanted to wait ten years because after reading, um, after reading, um, what's his name? Master Malcolm, Malcolm oh. Gladwell. Um, outliers outliers and 10,000 hours of practice yep. after I read that book I was about five years in and I mm. was like so I'm not there yet but I know I'm getting there so when I hit the 10 year mark I was like okay I'm an expert and I'm going to start calling myself mm. an expert and I realized the gap in the industry was no training yep. the way I was trained was all right you got your license go out there and get them go get claims sign yep. them go sign them I don't mm-hmm. care we just go sign them whatever it is but I'm like I don't know what I'm doing well it just started, that's all right. just go ahead and sign them because the firm wanted more claims so I realized it was that and then the and then year two I actually found a mentor who helped me a lot so mm-hmm. I'm like okay so I know that there's a lot of public adjusting firms that don't provide good training and I know there's a lot of people looking for a mentor and insert commercial claims advocate and I started mm-hmm. doing the same thing and it just turned into this crazy how social media just turns into something yeah. something else right
0: hey, only in America man
1: only in America only in America so tell me about about the service you provide the three days that you do break it down for me what is it exactly that you guys do because I know you can do the same thing for public adjusting yep firms.
0: I, I've trained um, two public adjusting firms Okay. so what I come out what I do is on um, Thursday we do strictly mindset mm-hmm. just get the whole mind right right cuz the brain like a parachute right it don't work unless it's open so Thursday I got to open up the mindset because a lot of people are apprehensive right they standoffish they, they kind of close off because they see me come in and they're like what is this guy gonna teach us right so I open up the mindset on Thursday and then we go hit the doors immediately. I bring out all of my material, my scripts, my objection manual, everything And the same script work for public justice, because a lot of public justice like, well, we do everything, mold mediation, everything. I was like, no. Yeah, I agree. I was like, but you got to use getting on the roof as a way to get in the house. Mm-hmm. Right. So we do the script. I bring out all my materials Friday, Saturday, Sunday, including Thursday, I do two and a half hours of office training and then. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we knock doors every day. So we go out there, we generate deals. I help them close the deals. We do practice, we do all of those things. So on a low end, we might close about like three to five deals. On a high end, the most I did was 17 in a weekend. Wow. Yeah, 17 in three days. So we just build the momentum up so high when I come out because most owners, what I'm learning is um, they don't know how to really connect with their guys. You know what I mean? They just tell them, go get me numbers. But when I come in, I do one-on-ones with every single sales guy. So we digging deep. You know what I mean? We getting them to open up and share things that they typically don't tell their owner. So I'm, I'm digging deep. I get all this stuff. We help them overcome any mental roadblocks. Like I trained a guy up in uh, Maryland, and his issue was he didn't respect women. Huh. Yeah, like I know that's, that's crazy. Like he, he just didn't have respect for women. So we had to over, we had to you know learn how to deal with that. So was, everybody got all different types of struggles, so we dig deep. Once we dig deep, now we get people looking at themselves different, like the ability to self assess. Right. Most people don't do that. So we got people digging deep, self assessing. Now they view the job completely different. And I tell them it's not a job, it's a vehicle. So we come in and we shift the whole mindset, we shift the whole perspective, and we start teaching them principles because behind every principle is a promise behind your feelings is nothing. right? So we get them hustling off principles and no longer off feelings. And the gap in our game is people hustle with feelings. If I feel good, I knock. If I don't feel good, I don't knock. Oh, I don't like this neighborhood, all this stuff. So I get them to understand that, no, you live by the principles, not your feelings. So by the time Sunday come, we done created a whole transformation. And I don't like to motivate. I like to activate, right? I ain't here to motivate you. I want to activate you. I want you to doing the things that you know you need to be doing, even though you keep putting them off. So by the time I'm done with that Sunday, man, we got a completely different group of salespeople. Tell me about the mindset portion on
1: the first day. What are you trying to do there?
0: So um, on Thursday, what we teach is what we call the epitome of a hustler. Mm -hmm. Right. And what I got to do is get these guys to understand that like you're looking at this all the wrong way. You're looking at it like a job and nobody likes going to work. Like nobody likes going to work. I've never met a person that's geeked up to go to work except for like even teachers don't want to go to work sometimes, right? So I get them to understand this is a vehicle. And the game changed for me once I shifted the way that I look at it because perspective drives performance, right? So how you view what you do always determine the level of effort and energy in which you do what you do. So they view themselves just as though do those salespeople. I'm like, no, 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 you life changers, you difference makers. Like, you're just as valuable as the police officers, the the, the mayors, the governors, all these people in our county. And people are like, what? I'm like, I know that might sound like um, big ego, but I'm like, no, 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 you, you make the, you improve property value. Sure. When people in like, uh, the most devastating moments in their life, we come through and we make everything better. So I get them looking at the the whole job different. Right. And then a lot of guys been doing this five, six, seven, eight years and they see me and they like, Whoa, how we been doing this the same length and we ain't on the same level. Right. Right. So I teach them to start investing into themselves. I teach them to start reading, start studying. And, um, the biggest gap in our game still seven years into the game is nobody practices. Nobody practice. It blows my mind. Like, I don't know if you play sports in high school. You play in sports? Did, yeah. yeah. And it's like you went to football practice five days a week for one game. Right. You will run the same play over and over and right. over. And you get tired of it. You like coach. He like run it again because he missed his block. Run it again. Cause and then we get in sales and people only get on the doors. And that's when they practice. And right. I'm like, you're not gonna get better if the only time you practice is and is in live action. Right. So I, I teach them to practice. I teach them the art of preparation. Like How do you practice door-to-door sales? Right? Role playing. Gotcha. Sitting in the office and doing it over and gotcha. over and over. When gotcha. I had my sales and team. They're always practicing at, at the, the actual door. door. Like I when I was in the, when I was selling heavy, when I was like in the prime of my career, I would sit in the office and go over my contingencies eight to 10 times by myself to what I can say it word for word without looking at it. That way when I get in the house, I'm turning the paper over to the homeowner and I'm just breaking it down. So it's like, I teach them the the importance of preparation. But like I said, they look at it like a job and nobody prepares to go to their job. People just show up and go to their job. So it's like, I'm teaching them all of these sales is like a sport and nobody view it like that. They view it like a job. So I'm like when you view it as a sport you treat it different so I get them into that mindset of like you're a sales athlete yeah. you're not just a salesman you're an athlete like it's a story of Ray Allen And um, I recently read it in a book called, um, sustain your game by Al- Alex Steen Jr. Okay. In, in practice, Ray Allen would shoot a three and do a push-up, shoot a three and do a push-up, shoot a three and do a push-up And his trainer was like, why are you doing push-ups? He said, because I'm in the game and I got to push off to get distance to shoot a three. He said, my arms get tight. It's like, so if I can get used to shooting threes with tight arms and practice in the game is nothing. Interesting. Right. Yeah. But salespeople, they don't practice uncomfortable situations. So when they get into the uncomfortable situation, they prepare for it. Even when people role play, they always say yes. Oh, yeah. Get up on my roof. I'm like, bro, I don't know what doors you neighborhoods you've been in where everybody just say yes. So I teach them like you got to look at this like an athlete. You're not just a salesperson, you're a sales athlete so you got to prepare like an athlete. That's why I tell people you got to go from amateur to pro. It's a lot of amateurs in our industry. Yeah. And people say it's a lot of competition. I say, yeah, but they're amateurs. Right. And if your are competition amateurs, oh man, you'll crush them all day. It boils down to just actually
1: wanting it, right? Wanting to get out there and get after it, right? Agreed. Because I was going to ask you, do some people got it, do some people don't got it? I think it's not really so much about that. It's, it's not. who wants it, who doesn't. It's who wants it. it.
0: Tom Brady, a great example. He didn't have it. right? He, he wasn't Jamarcus Russell Right <laughs> Jamarcus Russell Jamarcus He had Russell. it He had it Right I mean beast Throw, 80, right. throw 60 80 yards on his knees yeah, Exactly But he didn't prepare Right He didn't practice right. Allen Robinson, Love AI Yeah But that was raw talent Yeah Raw talent Raw talent Raw talent um, well, works Michael Jordan Michael Jordan He, he, he didn't have it talent
1: Well I think he had it I well, think, I think that's why right, right, he cut. got cut yeah. yeah That's true
0: And even Even his first It took him six years To win a championship Look at Jimmy Butler Great example Jimmy Butler Steph Curry a great example. Yep. Steph Curry wasn't always a baller like that. Yep. He, uh, they said he shouldn't even be in the NBA. They say it's too small. All of that stuff. Wow. But I tell people he makes 73s in practice. Right. He don't shoot 70. He makes 70 in practice. So when he make nine in a game. So what's, so
1: what's some of your advice? What's your advice for people who just can't find it? They're looking for it. They They want it, but... They're not actually showing that they want it. What do you? I guess. I guess. What's your advice for people who are just like maybe watching this or listening to this, and they're just like in bed and they're like, "Yeah, I hear you, but I don't want to get up. I'm too lazy. I don't want to do this." Or do you not have time for those people?
0: Um, sometimes I don't have time nah, for those people. I, I tell, See, I'm the way I train. I'm very patient. Okay. I meet people where they at, and I help them develop to get to where they need to be. And I say, anybody that's out there that's like, "Man, I don't got it. I don't do this." First thing first, you need a vision, right? Because a man without a vision will perish. So if you're just waking up going to work. You ain't working towards nothing. I, I had a vision. I had a my baby was born. I had to make sure that my kids didn't go to daycare. I had to make sure that we. I had enough money. My kids, the mom, when I got started, she said, "You got a month to make some money, or right. you need to find a real job." So, like, I got challenged. I was on a mission. Most of these guys get into the game and they got the mindset of like, "I'm gonna try to make it work. If it don't, I'm gonna go do something else." Right. I didn't have that mindset. I had the mindset of like, "We gonna make this work. Yeah. There's no other option." So get a vision, and then also trust the process. Trust the process. You might not get it when you want it, but it's coming. And when you first get into this game, right, you're gonna give 20 units of effort, right? Get one unit of results. And most people don't like that, why? Because they come from a job. They come from a job where I give you 40 hours, I need to get paid for 40 hours. In this game, building this business, elite claim resolutions, you putting in a lot of effort, you getting little to no results. Exactly. And most people don't like that. So you got to have a vision and love the process. And even if you're not there yet, you just got to have faith that you're going to get there. I didn't start off killing the game. Man, my first week, I closed four deals. Second week, I closed two, third week, I closed one. I was just trying to get to a place where I average two deals a week. I tell
1: people, I tell like my guys, like I, one of my guys yesterday, he went door knocking for four hours. Yep. He said nobody was home for the most part, didn't land a single deal. But honestly, my response was, that's great. That's great. I'm so happy you went out there for four hours because I feel that the universe works out in a way where if you put in the work, if you put in the work, if you put in the work and you get nothing in return, that's when you start to get lucky.
0: Yep. That's when things start to fall on your lap. There's a Chinese proverb that says, if a man works hard, the land will not be lazy. And that was in Outliers. That's why I heard that from. Nice. If a man works hard, the land will not be lazy. So I always tell salespeople, right? That's why you got to study principles. That's why I teach them principles because... um. The way God made this universe, I don't know what you believe in the universe or whatever. I believe in God. That's me. And I don't have my beliefs for nobody. And the way God created this universe, it's it's no such thing as something for nothing.
1: Exactly. You only can get that from humans. Right.
0: Only you can give a human something and they give you nothing in return. Right. But this 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 world. If you give it something, you gotta get I something agree, back. Man. I agree. So man. when you out there working the field, it's just like a man that's harvesting the land. You're not gonna get the fruit the same day. But like that guy that you just said he worked four hours, he might get a call two weeks from now. Hey exactly. man, you left something on my dough. Can you come check out my roof? And it's like, dang. Yeah, because yeah, the seeds has got to grow.
1: Or it's just knowing that we have somebody on the team that's willing to get out there and do it. Maybe it's a, a system problem. Maybe it's a, his pitch. Maybe it's something we could work on also. But the fact that he's out there getting after, it just solves a lot of problems.
0: Like um, Adam Binsman said, it's the to be it the it, to say, right? You're either not doing the activities to get the results that you want, right? You're either saying the wrong thing at the door. Or oh, you're not becoming the person you need to become, which means you're not ready reading, you're not studying, you're not investing. So it's usually one of those three things. And then you can always go a little bit deeper, right, to where, like, you know, maybe um, you don't got the confidence. You're not you're not courageous. You let fear beat you. You 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 um you got insecurities because I know guys I talked to a guy the other day. and He don't work high in neighborhoods because he don't feel comfortable. Though. And it's like, why you don't feel com- like you? I'm like high-end neighborhoods, middle, middle-class neighborhoods, two people, two things in common, roofs and people. Yep. If you are not know to talk to people, everybody need a roof, so why metal? You know, and it took me three years to get in a high-end neighborhood, so now I try to bridge that gap for guys sooner, like go out there now. You know.
1: Speaking of books though, one of my pet peeves is if somebody tells me I don't read. I don't like to read. Reading's not my thing. I hate that too. So I was talking to a PA, uh, owner of a PA from the other day and I said, you got to start reading this and read that and read that. And he's like, I'm not much of a reader. And I used to accept that as an okay answer. Okay, that's not your thing. Find something else. But now I'm like, no. Because every single thing that I read, every single thing that I listen to from Zig Ziglar to to Jim Rohn and all these guys, and I listen to this stuff pretty often. Mm -hmm. They're always talking about read. I love Zig Ziglar saying, if you have a normal reading speed, right? And you read just 20 minutes a day, that's the equivalent of like 20 books a year or mm-hmm. something like that. That's two books. That's two books a month.
0: Reading changed the game for me. Changing reading game. reading is the game what took my too, took my game to that next level. I didn't read. I read my first full book at 25 years old. I believe you. And now I'm reading 32. Reading not be
1: my thing yeah. when I was
0: a teenager and early 20s. Man, I first started reading, I would fall asleep. 10 minutes in, I doze well, off.
1: And just real quick, it helps me fall asleep, which yeah. is not a bad thing either. I'll, I like to read at night. I know some people like to read. I'm a morning read reader. I like to read at night, usually like around 930 or so. And I'll read usually from about 930 to 10. And honestly, by the time I get to around 10, I'm like,
0: okay, a little tired now. Mm-hmm. Boom, close the book and I'm good to go. It, re- it really shuts your body down because yeah. it relaxes the mind and you're not well, looking at your phone.
1: At night, you got to be careful what you're reading because it might keep your mind moving while you're sleeping. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and the reason I love reading, right, outside of it, it bridges your gaps and it, it makes your growth exponential. The reason I love reading is because back in the days black people weren't allowed to read. Like if during slavery times, they caught you reading, like you'd get whooped. So I'm like, man, that's, that's how a they held it down. That's how they held it down, yep. right? Because if you can get educated, right. you I get to keep you ignorant, right? So I I'm I'm one of those people, And people can say an extreme, but I'm like, no, my ancestor paved the way so I can read. So I'm damn sure gonna read. I'm Because they say if you want to keep anything from anybody, put it in a book. Cause they ain't gonna take the time to read it.
1: How many books a month? would you say you read?
0: I read about anywhere between two to three.
1: I'm I'm at one to two. Yeah, I do two to three. I was looking yesterday for a book. I just finished. Uh, I just finished uh, Ego Is the Enemy. I love Ryan, that book. Ryan Holiday. I love that man. Ryan Holiday is the man. Right? Great book. Do you, are, do you subscribe to the Daily Stoic?
0: Nah, I need to you look into. Need to get in. It's just yeah.
1: a one quick passage that you read. Really gets your day going.
0: I love in the book Ego Is the Enemy when he tells a story about Bill Belichick. Oh yeah, I, that that was amazing to me. That was the catalyst for me to where I stopped looking for credit. Remind me of it. So, the Browns, the Browns was like the defense was amazing. Yeah, like the defense was amazing. But Bill Ch- Belichick was just like a linebacker coach or cornerback coach or something like that. But he used to look at all of the film and come up with all of the schemes, and he would just give it to the D coordinator. And the Browns defense was balling. But nobody knew like everybody thought it was a coordinator and they found out that it was Bill Belichick. And that's how he landed his job with the Patriots. But he's he never was like, that's me. I'm the one that Can't dropped be, the place. He Can't just be. quietly in the background, studied the game and watched film. That's why Tom Brady watched film the way he watched film, because Bill Belichick taught him that. But Bill Belichick never wanted the credit. But since he put in the work, it led him to, you know, where he had right now. But here's a great example of how like the ego would say, nah, they win it because of me. That's why I, it used to bother me, it bothers me when some sales coaches and trainers say, I changed somebody's life. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> Relax yourself. I'm like, yeah, and bro. And even if you did, you Who can't. Cares? You, yeah, it doesn't like, matter. People write me all the time and they be like, man, I wouldn't be where I'm at if it wasn't for you. I say, no, no, no. No, you didn't. You wouldn't be where you're at if it wasn't for you. Exactly. I just gave you some information.
1: And I think being a good leader ultimately is putting your ego to the side. Yeah. The only way you're going to be able to develop good leaders, bring people up in the organization, is you're going to have to step away somehow some way. And being a good leader is building other good leaders. And by doing so, you have to put your ego aside.
0: You got to. It's the
1: biggest thing. Deshaun, the last time I saw you at a conference, you gave a presentation and you gave a speech about the anatomy of a hustler.
0: Yep, the epitome of a hustler. The
1: epitome of a hustler. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're gonna do the Miami Miami event. And I, I definitely want you to do something similar, but I guess in a nutshell,
0: what is the epitome of a hustler? oh man <laughs> if, if i had to say the epitome of a hustler like in a nutshell it is like by the way it's much cooler here now that we're yeah, not this right. <laughs> but the epitome of a hustler is what i would call like all of the tangible and intangible qualities of the ultimate The ultimate hustler. So it's like. What the hell did you just say? I said all the tangibles and intangible qualities of the ultimate hustler. So it's like the mindset, the skill set, and then also having like the maturity that goes along with being the ultimate hustler. So it's bigger than just numbers because you can have numbers and be immature. You know what I mean? It's bigger than just mindset because you can be mentally strong, but you can't put up numbers. And then it's bigger than just having having the maturity, but you don't have the success that goes with it. So I think the epitome of a hustler is being well-rounded in all three of those things, skill set, mindset, and maturity. And the reason why I keep mentioning maturity, right, is because the three the three keys of maturity, right, is um being submissive, being obedient, and having aqueous, right? And most people aren't submissive. Most people fight leadership. Most people fight guidance. Most people aren't obedient, which means most people don't follow their calling. Most people don't follow instructions. Most people don't like what's being obedient, obedient is saying going out there six days a week, four hours a day. Just go out there six days a week, four hours a day. Just go be obedient to what I'm telling you. Right. And then acquiesce, acquiesce means to uh, to accept something, to reluctantly accept something without protest, Right. Which means you really don't want to do it, but you do it anyways. You don't protest it. That's like if you told me, hey, Deshaun, I'll go jump in the river. And I'm like, all right, man. Like, I really don't want to do that, but it must be something behind that. So I'm just going to go do it, right? That's acquiesce. So you get up off your own ideology. You get off your confirmation bias. And most people are very immature. Most else people are very immature. they like, well, I've been doing this. How he going to tell me something, right? So I believe the epitome of a hustler is mastering all three, skill set, mindset, and maturity. And that's like the epitome of a hustler.
1: I'm going to change a little bit here because it's something that's a big part of my life. When was the moment in your adult life where you, I would say, had that awakening moment? I'm going to get deep Uh, because when I talk to you and when you speak, you obviously speak like somebody who is extremely uh self-aware, who is extremely mature, who understands that life really isn't that serious who understands that it could be gone in a moment's notice what was at that point where you felt like you were just like oh wait okay the grass is greener the sky looks a lot a lot clearer a lot bluer like I kind of understand what this sort of life thing is all about although I understand that I don't understand anything
0: at all exactly but I got an
1: idea of what it's all about
0: man believe it or not my awakening came at twenty-seven. 26, 27. Yeah, the same year my daughter was born, the same year we started Roof Hustlers. And then once I started diving into the books and getting coaching and getting training, and I just really started raising my level of awareness because I've learned that like as you raise your level, like people say, you ever heard somebody say this in sports? Like the game slow down. It don't. The game never slows down your awareness just goes to a new level. So now you can see things from a different perspective, a different angle, a different point of view. So at 27, like things just changed for me. Like my second daughter, my daughter was born. um, My son was turning two. um, And I just started realizing that like, I gotta be the one that take control of this thing and change the trajectory of the fam and you know, cause if it it ain't in you, it can't come from you, right? right? So it's like, People say people wonder why I learn all the stuff that I learn and study and all this stuff. It ain't for salespeople. I know it's sounds crazy. Like it ain't for the salespeople. It's for my kids.
1: Right. Uh, my next question. What's yeah. your purpose? What's your why?
0: Yeah. The, the the why is to make sure that first of all, take care of my kids, kids. Right. That's the real why. But the bigger why is to make sure everybody that get into this industry get to enjoy the fruits of it. Right. Because most people get in and they get out of it because they didn't get it properly trained. Somebody didn't spend time with them. Somebody didn't. Hold their hand long enough because a lot of these owners like I don't got time to be holding people's hand I got you bro. I'll hold your hand You know what I mean? I'll give you that time You need to grow and become the person that you need to become to enjoy the success that you want So the big why is to make sure everybody in this industry get properly trained properly coached get all the information They need to grow and excel, but the deeper why is I want to be the one That take care of my family at the highest levels like if my mom's sick and she need a house nurse I wanna be able to pay for it. You
1: wanna be Ed Milette in the in the power of one more? He calls it the one. The one,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: You wanna be the one. Mm-hmm.
0: My brother, I always thought my brother was that guy. You know what I mean? But my brother got a vasectomy, so like his legacy done. Don't get me wrong, like his art gonna live forever. Because he, he a great artist. You go, don't
1: make him that he's that doesn't mean he's not the one. No, no, hear me <laughs>
0: out. He he, he 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 done. Like he 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 just he decided to cut it off. And when I say I always thought he was the one, because he was successful before I was. Now I just made a decision to become that guy. Yeah. Even if he thought he was that guy Like I'm going to come I'm going to catch him Right But yeah That's the big why I take care of the fam At a very high level And to make sure To help as many people as I can Like I'm 32 It's been three or four times Where I've had random people Come up to me And they say I don't know what it is about you Man God told me to pray for you It's like man You got an anointment on your life And a dude I'm in Ross shopping Dude just stopped me And just prayed for me And just like You going to do something great and he just walked off. I'm like, what happened to me three times, man. So I'm like, it's, it's crazy. It's, yeah, it's wild. Something
1: like that happens. It's right? wild. So I, I know you it's something to, bigger. You start to really just be like, OK, I'm doing exactly what I'm supposed to be. I doing. accept it. I am exactly where I'm supposed to be at right here.
0: That's being obedient. And that's why I tell most people they are immature. So like my obedience to like roof hustlers came vertical, like all visions come vertical. Like, you only can get a vision from God. Like, you know, you know what I mean? That's, that's where they come. That's why you're like, Ping. oh man, I got an idea, right? So it came vertical. And since I was obedient to it, that's why we've been having this success. But on top of that, it's a group of people that got into the roofing industry. It's a group of minorities that wouldn't got into this industry if they didn't see me on YouTube. Of course. And that's what, and they say one man's obedience is tied to so many other men's destinies. So you being obedient is going to open the door for... Hundreds of other people. You know what I mean? You being obedient with claims advocate is going to change the whole trajectory of PAs because somebody got somebody to do it. Somebody's got to do you it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's that's the real deep why to kids and, and make sure everybody else wins.
1: And it's a lot of fun
0: too. It's, it's Nothing beats no. serving people.
1: Sometimes people ask me what your why is and I've got my why. It's definitely my family and it's definitely, I feel like I've been put it's, I guess I, I hate it when I say because it, it sounds very egotistical, but in my awakening, I realized that I want to be that go-to person. I want to be the person that people fall on. Like that song, uh, Lean on Me, yep. that song hit me like a ton of bricks when I first actually was awakened, and it was just like, that's exactly what I want to be. But I also, when I think of the why, it's so much fun. It is. Running a business, entrepreneurship, all the struggles, all the stresses, all the late nights or waking up at 3.30 in the morning and sweats because you're not sure if you made a good decision or whatever it is. When you really look at it, like, ultimately, it ain't about the money. Mm-mm. Money is so far, not even, sometimes not even on the list.
0: Mm-hmm. Money's important. It is. But it is fun. And the reason why you need money, because... Um, it's, it's money a, gives you
1: options, is what I always say. give
0: you options, but money also gives you influence. It's, I don't know the saying in the Bible, so I don't want to chop it up because I'm going I'm to make it horrible. But it's pretty much just saying, like... You know a wise man his words are like her but like if if you're if you're poor and you wise nobody don't want to listen to you right now yeah. exactly it's just a reality so you need money yeah why that way you can have more influence on your kids because if you broke but you wise your kids looking at you like what you don't got no money i'm gonna go listen to the rich guy right you know what i mean yeah. and the same thing with sales people they like you don't got the results you don't got the income why would i listen to you yeah. so you need the money to get the influence the status Exactly. And then people listen. And when they listen, we can help change their lives or improve their lives, you know what I mean?
1: 27 was the awakening. You're 32 now. What's the what's the next 10 years for Deshaun (sighs) Bryant?
0: Next 10 years, right? Roof hustles. we're going to turn this thing into a well oil machine to a like, I mean, admin. I want a couple of trainers. Like, we're really gonna blow this thing up. I wanna get into licensing um, to where if somebody, like, hey, man, I wanna do what you do. I just don't got my own content. We're gonna put you through two months of vigorous training, right? Now you come out, you're roof hustle certified. We're gonna show you how to get money in the market. Um, eventually, I wanna get into like speaking. Even though it's not something I'm chasing, I think it's, those doors gonna open for me. So I wanna get into speaking and just continuing to, uh, I wanna eventually get into like some youth mentorship to where we, Coaching the youth And teaching them The principles and skills And strategies They need to be successful But next 10 years man We're definitely gonna Turn this thing into Like a weld oil machine
1: Well the sky's the limit For you man
0: yeah, man, we're I just mean, getting started I see started. it, I, see, it. I, see, I see
1: 10 years I see you on, on television And somebody called me yesterday, I have a client uh, They work with Warner Brothers and stuff like that and, Oh, we can hook you up, we can get you a show I said, nobody watches TV anymore
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah anyway, they, they stream it.
1: I see I see, I see you uh, being very successful I'm really, really grateful to, to know you And to get to know you and to Likewise. become your friend And grow this relationship And honestly, uh, yeah, I see the sky's the limit
0: for you, man Man, God is good, I tell everybody I do the sewing, he do the growing, man I don't take no credit for this stuff
1: well, Deshaun, thank you for coming on. I really pleasure, appreciate man. you for taking the time. Uh, Miami Meetup's going to be lit. Trust uh, me. That's, that's going to be next be, level.
0: You need to be there. It's going to be over
1: 100 people, I think. I have a good feeling. We got some amazing speakers. You're going to be speaking yeah, there.
0: Yeah, so. you want to you be there. I think we're going to do over 100 people. I
1: think so, too. No right? doubt
0: in my mind, especially down in Miami. And um, I'm going to do some good promos, so we're going to pack that thing nice, up. Nice,
1: nice. All right, well, that's it, guys. That's the Clans Game podcast for today with the man, the myth, the legend, Deshaun Bryant, the original Roof Hustler. Thank you for watching.